0: to this week's edition of the NBA Rundown with Out of Today we have a guest from the a Front Office podcast, uh, an NBA podcast. Um, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. Um, my name is uh, Brian. I haven't gotten my podcast off the ground, but I'm an experienced podcaster. Uh, basically, my expertise is in front office stuff like uh, mock trades and salary cap. But obviously, I keep up as well as any good fan, and I'm looking forward to the conversation.
0: Tony, getting into the recent NBA news, what's on the Lakers missing out on the playoffs this season?
1: Well, I mean, it's unfortunate that their coach is going to get the axe over it, you know, because I don't think that the tools in the toolbox are we're ready to win games, especially given their health issues. I mean, you know, I, I don't think anybody expected the Lakers to to miss the playoffs. But I think most people were skeptical when they made the Westbrook trade. You know, I, in retrospect, you know, they turned down the chance to sign DeMar DeRozan. And they probably could have done it in a way that still would have allowed them to trade for uh, Heald. So, you know, you can look at the play. You can look at the apathy. You can look at the fact that people that they did acquire, aside from Monk, didn't turn out. But I think a lot of people saw this train wreck come, you know.
0: All right, you touched on it a little. What are your thoughts on Lakers expecting to fire Frank Vogel at the end of the season?
1: That's a shame. I mean, I don't think anybody thinks Vogel is like a top five coach, but I think he's universally regarded as competent. And like I said, I think that he's going to get the ax – in place of the GM, because that's the way things play out, you know, and also if it's true that, you know, LeBron and AD were kind of lobbying for getting Westbrook, you know, it's hard to place the blame specifically on anybody. But I, you know, you could bring in anybody. I mean, you could bring in somebody like Ty Lu that's worked with all levels of talent successfully, and I don't think he can make the Lakers work. All
0: right. Thoughts on Lonzo Ball being out for the season for the Bulls?
1: Man, the Bulls, I was one of the few that really liked the moves they made last year, in part because, you know, I felt that Williams and Lonzo and Caruso would provide the defense that they needed. But, unfortunately, we saw kind of the ironic turn of their young stars getting hurt while Vucevic and DeRozan stayed healthy. and. You know, they just the Bulls, even when they were full and healthy, had trouble matching up with other elite teams. And they just have no chance of stopping good offenses with their current personnel. So, you know, Lonzo, I'm a big fan of. I'm a Celtics fan. I wanted them to go after him last trade deadline um, last year. But, you know, he's a he's an elite connector on the court. That's why he works so well on offense with DeRozan and uh, Levine. But, you know, unfortunately, you know, what happens, happens. And I don't see the Bulls making much impact in the
0: postseason. Speaking of the Bulls, did you have any reaction to Fuchevich's hard foul on Grayson Allen? Uh, <laughs> well, in, in you
1: know, that, I mean, obviously he was blamed for uh, his Caruso's injury. So, yeah. I mean, I, that kind of stuff happens in the NBA. You know, it's it's the same reason why Jokic's brothers came to that game in Miami, right? <laughs> like, you know, it's it's kind of a fraternity in the league, but at the same time, if you're perceived as recklessly hurting somebody, like, there's recognition for that. And I don't think Vucevic did anything dirty. I mean, you know, it's kind of what's expected under the circumstances.
0: Right. Moving on to the Nets reaction for Simmons is out for the rest of the regular season and the plan tournament.
1: Yeah. I mean, everybody's skeptical of Simmons at this point, right? I mean, I don't, I, it, it's a shame because he really is an all defense talent, um, you know, as good in transition as anybody. Um, but he's just going to be zero value added. Now, the Nets are lucky that. You know, Curry and Drummond seem to fit in so well, but, you know, they're, they're finally playing a little bit more consistently well. And of course, you know, Kyrie gets to play all the time now. So, you know, I don't think anybody fears them in terms of the elite teams at the top, but I mean, surely they're going to be, you know, a a difference maker in the play-in, but I mean, you've also got to look at the fact that the other play-in teams are hot right now. I mean, you know, Cleveland, unfortunately, you know, won't get their full inside game back, but they do have Garland, you know, even without Allen. And so, you know, they they're starting to play better. And the Hornets, I mean, don't cut the Hornets short because they're starting to play better on their own and Hayward's coming back. And historically, they've always been a lot better when Gordon Hayward plays.
0: Do you any reaction on Durant saying his knee injury derailed next season?
1: I mean, when Durant has played, he's been very effective. And they're still in the play-in. But you have to think that he's trying to give Kyrie a little bit of cover. You know, you have to think that he's trying to downplay a little bit of the hardened uh, melodrama. You know, clearly elite players having significant injuries you know that's going to be impactful but you know i mean he came back strong from that injury he's playing great right now i mean look what he did last night to bring them back against the knicks you know he's undoubtedly going to be one of the top difference makers in the playoffs you know but we'll see if the rest of the team can can get there but yeah i mean surely it was disruptive but You know, it's a team full of disruptions this year. And I think that him saying that is a little bit of a, you know, trying to take the heat off of Kyrie, basically.
0: Did you watch any of the Knicks versus Nets broadcast in black and white? (laughs) The NBA Um. anniversary.
1: I was watching my Celtics live when that happened, but I tuned in just to kind of see the evolution of, you know, 60s, 70s, so on. I thought it was really cool. It's a great concept. I think that in general, you know, the 75-year anniversary is a great chance for, you know, fans, especially younger fans, to learn history. And so, yeah, it was very cool. Um, You know, kind of the the fake washed-out colors and stuff were really cool, too. You know, just kind of the way they... They tried to make it look like the real broadcast from that era. Right.
0: and then A developing story I added in was the Philadelphia Sixers list Marquise Thiebaud is ineligible to play in Toronto tonight. It's also presumed that if they play them in the playoffs, he wouldn't be able to play there either, I guess, because of their strict... COVID uh, restrictions. Give me your thoughts on Thibol or the Sixers.
1: Now, I haven't heard anything definitive. I'll put it that way. I mean, basically, what happened is a reporter asked the top four teams in the East about their eligibility to play in Toronto. And both Philadelphia and Boston have team policies that they don't discuss the specifics. So, you know, I mean, if Thiebel's not playing, it might just be the one game. I mean, remember when the Celtics went there, they sat four guys. So, you know, it's hard for me to make assumptions at this point when there's a team policy, you know, I mean, it could be, they're just resting him. Heck, it could be that they're throwing up a a, a smoke screen since it's a likely first round opponent. So, So, yeah, I mean, I, d- I doubt that that's worth it strategically, but I'm just saying, like, anything's possible because you're talking about a team policy that's been in place all year.
0: Um, all right. Jumping into the recent games, start Saturday. Cavs beat the Knicks 119-101. Garland at 24-13, and 13. Toppen had 20. Warriors beat the Jazz. Conley at 26. Clay at 36. 111-107 was the final score. Hawks beat the Nets. Durant had 55 in that. Trey Young, 36 and 10 assists. Final score was 122, 115. Sunday, Mavericks beat the Bucks, 118, 112. Holiday had 20. Luka had 32 and 15 assists. Heat beat the Raptors, 114, 109. Lowry had 16 and 10. Siakam had 29. Tuesday, Bucks beat the Bulls. 127 uh, to 106. And then the Raptors beat the Hawks 118, 108. Young had 26 and 15. had 31 and 13. And then that's what we said Raptors beat the Hawks. Suns beat the Lakers to eliminate them 121, 110. Davis had 21 and 13. Booker had 32. And then Wednesday, also, Celtics being the Bulls, 117-94, Brown had twenty five. Rosen had sixteen. Any thoughts on any games in particular from this past uh, week?
1: Well, I mean, like I said the big takeaway for me is you know watching these Bulls against the Heat and then the Bucks and then Celtics. I mean. they're honestly the weakest team going in which is a shame because DeRozan is on fire like always I mean he's that was another you know uh, acquisition that I was really well pardon the pun but bullish on you know because DeRozan kind of fell off the the map with the media when he was in San Antonio but his playmaking really went to another level and so you know everybody sees it now and it's a shame that you know, this elevation in his career is going to result in so little. But yeah, I mean, his, with Williams coming back late and Lonzo still out, like, they just can't stop good teams, as I mentioned. Um, if you're looking at some of the other, I mean, look at Durant in that game Saturday scoring 50-something and still losing. You know, I, I think that's the reason why the top teams in the East aren't really scared of the Nets. I mean, if they had gotten Ben Simmons back to some effect, that would change things. But right now, I think that most teams recognize that they can match up. I mean, Durant's great, but is he really going to perform better than Giannis or even Jason Tatum by a wide margin? Probably not. So, you know, and then, of course, the Heat are the Heat. And so they're kind of more of a team effort. But, I mean, they're so deep with guys that can contribute, you know, in pressure situations. But I don't think they're scared of them that either. The Sixers are the one team that has so far seemed to match up poorly against them. But the Sixers, if you look at their remaining schedule, they have a couple of cupcakes left that will mean that they probably end up, you know, in, in the second seed.
0: Sixers are pretty good. I think they could make a pretty nice playoff run.
1: Oh, I agree. I just think that they're very uh, matchup dependent. You know, I think that, uh, I mean, the Nets are just a terrible matchup for them now. And it's largely because they gave Drummond up in that trade. But yeah, I mean, I we saw that one game that was a total blowout. I'm not trying to use that small sample size, but I mean, I just, I think that the Nets will know how to limit Harden enough to win that matchup is probably the best. Probably,
0: that probably is true to them just on their t- team.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: All right. Moving into upcoming game predictions, we'll go back and forth for the Friday games. Do you think we'll win Cavs versus Nets? Um,
1: well, so I mean, again, I think the Nets will probably pull it out. Um. The Cavs are relatively dangerous, not as much as if they had Allen, but you know, so the Cavs are one of these teams that uses double bigs in a very creative way defensively. You know, uh, you're looking at Boston and Cleveland and uh, Memphis, you know, like these teams that have two bigs and at least one of them can switch on the perimeter. Um, The problem is the Cavs lost one of those bigs, right? And they were they were the most athletic of those pairs. And so, you know, there's only so much Mobley can do by himself as a rookie. He's, he's a genius rookie. Don't get me wrong, but you know, their, their defensive scheme is much less effective with Jared Allen hurt. So in the playoffs and in this matchup, I think that that's going to really limit them. You know, the thing about Durant obviously is he can score inside and out. And so, you know, if you can't stop him at the rim, he's gonna beat his matchup and get there all the time. So yeah, I don't I don't see the I I don't see the Nets losing this. And for the same reason, I don't see them losing to the Cavs in the play. All
0: right. Moving to Haw- another Friday game, Hawks versus Heat. I think I got the Heat in this one. Both teams have been playing relatively good, but the Heat have been on like a three-game winning streak at this point, so I think they'll keep that going. Going Heat. Last Friday game, you have Suns versus Jazz.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree with you about the Heat, and I don't think the Jazz are going to put up enough resistance here. I mean, the Suns don't need this victory. I don't know. I mean, I I just don't... The Jazz to me are like the Bulls. You know, like they they t- tried to shake things up a little bit at the trade deadline and seemed to make themselves worse not better. I mean, Joe Ingles wasn't playing well, but he at least seemed to be some of the, you know, glue in the clubhouse that kept things together. And, you know, I just don't see it. It seems like things are getting worse between Mitchell and Gobert chemistry-wise. And I think the Jazz are going to flame out. I think they're going to probably end up moving go bear this off season, you know, and also you're going to start seeing the impact of Danny Ainge being brought into that front office. But yeah, this is, I hate to speak doom and gloom, but I think this is kind of the beginning of the end for the Jazz.
0: Moving to the Saturday games, Pelicans versus Grizzlies. I got Grizzlies, um, obviously they are a the superior team, even though Pelicans are in. The playing tournament as of right now, we'll see what happens to them in that tournament. But I think obviously Grizzlies are superior, so I'm picking them to win. We have Warriors versus Spurs on Saturday.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Warriors are going to be locked into their seed and the Spurs are obviously playing with the chip on their shoulder. You know, they could have their fan base is kind of divided, you know, a lot of them wish that they had tanked, but I'm, I'm on the side of winning. I think that young cultures with, you know, rising stars like DeJunte Murray need to experience winning. And, you know, I think it's great that they beat the Lakers out. I think that they could easily win this game against the Warriors because it'll just matter more to them. And, you know, I, I think that they're a team to look out for in the play-in. I mean, the the team to really watch there is the Clippers because they got George back and we'll see about Kawhi I mean they're going to be a dark horse in the west if they have both their guys back but yeah the Spurs are going to win this game I think not necessarily based on being the better team but based on caring more about whether they win it all
0: right moving on to the last day of regular season which is Sunday <laughs> with the Cavs versus the Bucks. Uh, I think the Cavs will win because the Bucks uh, will hopefully sit their players unless they don't need uh, need they have to play the players, but um, I don't think they will. So I'm going to Cavs in that Well, order. it
1: all depends on what happens. I mean, the the game you skipped over that's tonight is, of course, by the time people listen, they will, you know, it'll, there'll be a result. But you know, the Bucks Celtics game tonight is going to mean a lot toward whether the Bucks do rest their players. Right now, the Bucks, the Celtics, and the Sixers all set at 30 losses. And as I mentioned, the Sixers are playing, what I think, uh, Indiana, and then, oh, I can't remember, so they're playing somebody weak. <laughs> so they're, they're probably going to go 2-0 and and probably capture the two seed. So yeah, the Bucks, celtics winner tonight will have a lot of incentive toward winning on Sunday if they want to get the two seed um otherwise they're going to be battling each other for the three versus four so yeah suddenly the bucks Cavs, and the celtics grizzlies games become important in terms of seeding because I, i feel that all three of those teams in that cluster want to avoid toronto
0: speaking of the celtics grizzlies game on sunday who would you pick in that
1: I mean, honestly, the team that needs it for seeding, which will probably be the Celtics. um, You know, they played a a really close, great game in Boston about a month ago, about the time people were starting to take the Celtics seriously. And, you know, I mean, these teams are both young, scrappy, great defense, et cetera. Of course, time lords out. But like I said, if the Grizzlies don't need it, there's a decent chance they're resting their guys. So. Yeah, I think, I think the Celtics get that benefit down the, you know, if they are battling the Bucs, let's say, for the three versus four seed, you know, there's a much better chance the Grizzlies are resting guys than the Cavs. So, you know, if you were a betting person, I would definitely bet right now for the Sixers to get the two seed, the Celtics to get the three, and the Bucs to get the four. Now, now, that said, I think the Celtics win the tiebreaker over the Sixers. So, if the Celtics manage to beat both the Bucks and Grizzlies, then they get it. But, you know, that's the fun of having three teams so clustered together at the top, right?
0: Wolves versus Timberwolves. Both teams have the same record right now. I'm going to go Timberwolves because Wolves have been losing steam, like you've said, and Timberwolves are a lot more healthy than them. So, I'm going Timberwolves. You think
1: we'll win Spurs versus Mavericks on Sunday? I mean, same. All these Sunday games are subject to the same uh, thing. You know, the cat, the Mavs are more likely to need the seeding, despite what I said about the Spurs in the last game. I said the Spurs are playing for pride, but the Mavs are actually in a a seeding battle right now. I mean, I haven't. I guess let me see. They're three up on the Nuggets. If they're safe. Let me see. I'm, I'm trying to find you. Let me look at the uh, standings here. Okay, so Utah has 32 losses. Mavericks have 30. Okay, so the Mavericks, oh, they still might catch Golden State. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a matter of just motivation at that point, right? <laughs> Every team that needs it on Sunday will obviously be playing their guys. Any team that doesn't will be resting. So, as much as we want to predict right now, it really depends on the games between now and then.
0: the last game is Warriors versus Pelicans. I will go with the Warriors because even if they set their guys, they might still be able to win. So I'm going Warriors with that one. Moving on to the big news of the week, we have Zion's stepdad says he expects him to play this season for the Pelicans. What are your thoughts on Zion potentially playing this season?
1: Well, I mean, Zion's game is dominant enough in some ways he can contribute with little, like, you know, acclamation. But, I mean, surely if you're the Pelicans, you would have preferred this weeks ago. And then on the flip side of that, you know, I mean, how often have we heard rumors that come from family members that don't materialize? I mean, it sounds like an inside source. And if you're a Pelicans fan, obviously you're rooting for it. But... Um, you know the confidence level in this for me is pretty low that said I mean kind of like with Kawhi coming back you know I mean there's no doubt that he would impact the Pelicans if he makes it back there's no doubt that suddenly a team like the Timberwolves or let's say a healthier Clippers would now have to take them more seriously right. that
0: about wraps it up do you have any final thoughts on the NBA Uh, final games or news this week
1: Uh, not necessarily on games and news I said we're all waiting to see what happens in these last few games and kind of a side note I mean I really think that some of these awards that are still up for grabs are going to be impacted by the last games too you know like for example um you know Denver staying out of the play-in is probably going to help Jokic's MVP case so you know there are a lot of fun side stories going on too
0: All right. This has been Out of on, On End Zone NBA Rundown with the Front Office Podcast. And we hope you enjoy the rest of the NBA games this season.